Welcome everybody to Comedy on Edge, the podcast. Big news, the Sydney Comedy Festival is around the corner and I've got a show in it. That's right, Tuesday, April 30th, Mark Williamson's Guns N' Roses is coming to town. As well, Dave the producer, Dave Keishan, is teaming up with friend of the show, Andrew Barnett, for Dave and Andrew's one-man show. That's on Tuesday, 7th of May, at the Factory Theatre. For tickets, visit sydneycomedyfest.com.au and for more information, visit comedyonedge.com. Now, let's start the show, Dave. Dave, hit the music. Welcome, everybody, to Edge HQ. It's a full house. We've got Dave, not the techie, the producer now. Josh is here. Our intern, Lester's here. He's typing into his phone. We don't know what, but maybe if you follow at Comedy on Edge, you'll find out what Lester's tweeting. And we're joined by a very special guest. She's a mother, an author, and a comic, Fiona O'Loughlin. Fiona, how are you? I'm very well. I'm, I'm doing a podcast. How modern. I know. It's very, it's very future. It it's, did you did you think this you know five years ago you'd be you'd be on the pod in the couch in a spare room in Chippendale doing a podcast? I didn't even dream of it. Didn't dream. What's you know, I said no to a podcast once, and because I, you know, I'm old and I didn't know how important they could be, and it was in Montreal, and I just said to my agent, I'm just can't be bothered. Can you get me out of it? And he said, are you serious? And I'm like, yeah, I really... And it was Mark Maris. <laughs> oh! <laughs> I was just a bit tired. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's... Yeah, that's a pretty big one. And that's... I've got an American friend who's not a comic, but he used to be a comic 100 years ago in Texas, and he's just an old mate that mm. I met in Alice Springs because there's heaps of Americans up there. And I sent him a text, and I said, is this a mistake? I apparently said no to a fairly important podcast <laughs> and I told him whose it was and he said that would probably be a massive mistake, you idiot, you know. Yeah, it's sort of like in the podcast, I think he's he's always in the top five podcasts. <laughs> in the world? Yeah, yeah. Oh like my God. We get happy when our podcast <laughs> hits. We hit, we've had a couple of episodes hit a thousand downloads in a day. I think he averages close to almost a million an episode. Holy yeah, maybe maybe you might want to call him again. I might give him a ring. Give him a ring. You're good, well, you're good, good mates with Jim Jeffries. He, you, see, you've been mentioned on Jim and Eddie's podcast a few times in glowing terms. Oh, really? Yeah, they've told some stories about you. <laughs> 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 I have had some wild times with them, but that was in the olden days. In the know, olden days? When I was on the piss, yeah. <laughs> but, God, they're funny boys. In fact, this is a Jim Jeffries story I've got. My daughter went missing for... You know, not like um, Azaria Chamberlain missing. But, um, <laughs> just she was <laughs> she was twenty three and overseas, and I'm a fairly relaxed mother, you know. But I just couldn't get in contact with her. I couldn't like she wasn't answering her phone, and then there you know I couldn't get her on email. And it went on for about six weeks, and I'm like, shit, I, th- I think a normal mother should be a bit more concerned, <laughs> you know, so I pretended to be normal. And so I sent her this email. I said, okay, you've got 24 hours. She was actually 22 at the time. Oh. I said, you've got 24 hours to let me know you're alive, uh, either by a text or an uh, email. And if I don't hear from you in 24 hours, Dad's getting on a plane and flying, you know, overseas mm. to find you, which is bullshit. We would never go to that much trouble. <laughs> but... 
I, I get it was about the eleventh hour of you know her deadline, and she texted me. No, she rang me and she said, "It's okay, Mum. I've been staying with Jim Jeffries." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's so much better. (laughs) (laughs) But he actually, because he is such a dear friend of mine, Mm. he treated her like a niece, you know, and he just looked out for her and looked after her. So it's not as bad. He's he's nowhere near as wicked as he makes himself out to be. Yeah, he's a a bit of a... Like, have you seen Legit, his new show? No. Unofficially, I haven't because it hasn't been released in Australia. But let's just say I've (laughs) I've seen some previews of it. It's perfect, Jim. It's... Cheeky gym, but you can see there's a heart there. Like the whole yeah, thing, yeah. it's his stand-up routine, and it's brilliant. Like it is a really great show. Wow! And he can act. I well, mo- most good stand-ups can. Oh, true, but you know? I mean, he's sort of talked it down. Like I was right. chatting to him about it once. He's oh, I don't think I'll go with it. But yeah, he can really act. Yeah, it's that's a good. Yeah, you haven't thought of maybe if it's series two, Unc- Auntie Fiona from Australia. Uh, look, I as an actress. Yeah. Oh, right. just yeah. I wanted to be an actress. That's that's how all this started. Like, I think, a, yeah, I, I grew up wanting to be an actress. But back then, in the 70s, 60s, 70s, if you said that out loud, I want to be an actress, that was like saying, I think I'm really pretty. <laughs> and you could get a punch in the head for that sort of talk, oh, wow. you know, from one of your brothers. So you just keep it to yourself. Yeah. Ah, but I'd love to act. I act oh. a lot in my show. I act out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like... My yeah, the relations, but I don't know why everyone seems to be getting these acting gigs. I don't get jack shit. Really? Yeah. I got the Heinz super. That was <laughs> <laughs> my dad years ago. Well, my dad, he doesn't like. He knows he's seen me do comedy a bit, and he, he, I don't think he takes it seriously. But then occasionally I'll mention like today. Oh, I'm into Fiona. Oh, that's the lady from Alice Springs from the soup ads. <laughs> <laughs> really? He, he remembers Peter Burner from that and Subby Valentine, who he's never seen. He goes, yep. the guy from the Cough Lollies ads. Oh, so, cool. There you go. So you're winning them over with the ads. Yeah. You know, maybe it's time for more Heinz soup if you're out there. Well, Bring that back was the, the ads. most hilarious shoot because they actually used all my kids, my real kids in oh. that ad. And I'd been doing stand-up for a while then and, you know, flying in and out of Alice Springs. But no one flies five kids anywhere yeah. you know it's just too expensive and all of a sudden we get this gig that they're involved in and my husband so all of a sudden all of us are on a plane uh flying to melbourne to shoot this soup ad and i'll never forget my kids on the plane Bert, he was about five and he leant over to biddy his older sister and he goes i wonder what soup tastes like <laughs> <laughs> We'd never eaten soup and we're about to go shoot an ad. And, well, who eats soup in Alice Springs? Yeah, it's just not really wet the weather for it. <laughs> so that was fun. Oh, that's good. But getting back to like when your daughter was missing, like you didn't ever think of it could be a great PR story. You know, <laughs> frantic Fiona's desperate plea. I'm sure one of the networks would have flown you over the TV crew to search for no, her. The, the, there's a downside to that, that, you know, I had a a daughter who was pretty depressed and like getting really depressed mm. and this is how selfish I am I'm like you wouldn't ever do anything silly would you it could be a real career killer for me <laughs> 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 I mean that would be the end wouldn't it <laughs> one of Fiona O'Loughlin's kids tops themselves I'm done I'm never going to get a booking after that you don't, know yeah, but don't and re- I'd love her to stay alive oh too, of course just of course, of yeah. course. You don't reckon you couldn't maybe maybe that could be the transition from stand up to the more serious theatre piece. <laughs> like 
<laughs> the one woman show. Well, what about Joan Rivers? Her husband killed himself. Yeah. And yeah. she got back on the horse the next night or two nights later and made jokes about it. Oh, what, that quick? Yeah. Wow. I don't think a husband's as bad as a child. Like, yeah, I, no, no. That's, I reckon yeah. I could. I reckon if my husband did it, I could work with <laughs> that. Work with, yeah, the child would be a bit, be a bit tough. <laughs> I'm a very loving wife. Oh, you, you I've are. Always, this one needs, seems to me you need to be grafted out. Like, if it's a, an adult child, is it different from like a small <laughs> child? You know. Yes, it's much different. Yeah. What age is? You know. You, you never thought of saying one of my kids was playing with Zaria before. <laughs> Get a cameo in the. Um, the I think that I must be due to make another movie about that. About the, the about dink, a, yeah. yeah the dink because you know the retrials and all that. Well, up in the territory, I've got the inside goss on that. They Ooh. reckon, it's been around forever, this story, that it was actually... Because, you know, the first uh, judge said, it, yes, the child was taken by a, you know animal, but then at some point human hands were involved. Oh. And what we reckon was, this is the theory up there, that it was a... Um, it's just a theory, but it was a ranger, park ranger, who had a... Uh, pet dingo, which is a big no-no, and the pet dingo came back with a baby, and he got rid of it. I've heard that there was the library where we do comedy one night. I think it was was it last year they got cleared the case. It was in the in the courts, but it was on the TV, and there was an Aboriginal gentleman there, and he called the pub. He goes, "That's BS," and he got everyone around, and he told the exact same story there. Oh wow! Yeah, the park ranger. He's like, "That's what happened," and yeah, yeah. So, and also at the time, you know, they just opened. Uluru is a big multi-million dollar tourist site. <laughs> you don't want... <laughs> that's pretty bad publicity. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's like, you Dingo's know. taking babies. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. There's no way you could... Yeah, yeah you anyway, definitely I could... I used to go camping there all the time after oh, really? that, but it never... Yeah, no, I didn't have any luck. didn't have any luck. Using the wrong bland, brand baby blanket. They can be fussy, those dingoes. Yeah. <laughs> They're very fussy. Because I remember, actually, it was, would have been about a year ago. I was on um, some community radio show. I was being interviewed. And they said, oh, we're going to interview you. Then we're going to have someone. And this girl was talking about dingoes. And she was talking about, because there's the, one of the islands are trying to cull the dingoes off. Oh, yeah. And yeah, the uh, girl, like, she's giving this really serious talk about saving the dingoes. You know, they never hurt anyone. And. I'm a comic. I didn't switch off. I go, oh, I think Azaria Chamberlain would argue with you there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we went to commercial. It was, I was asked to leave. That's it was, the end of that combo. But, you know, she's, she, what, you know <laughs> sure, you should save the dingoes, but, you know, you can't say that without the kids and all the whatnot. Now, last year, you moved down to Melbourne. You're based in Melbourne. How, yeah. how are you adjusting to the big change? Well, uh, I've moved from Alice Springs to Punt Road. Punt, oh, well, <laughs> the heart of it? And I just couldn't get over the noise. Like, oh, yeah. There's no noise in Alice Springs. There's no traffic. And there I am on Punt Road. And Dave O'Neill said to me, he said, just, Fiona, just think of it like the ocean. <laughs> 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 and then I finally came across the trick that works is get a fan and just put the fan on. Ah. Even in the middle of winter. You put the heater <laughs> on and the fan on and you can't hear. No, I love her. I really yeah. love her. I love not having to fly back into that I mean I loved Alice Springs hmm. but it was so hard taking that hat off and on and you know I joke about it on stage but it's quite true like a lot of people there just thought I was crazy like they just thought oh my god because we don't get Channel 10 we didn't get Channel 10 forever oh. and so I'd be doing Good News Week and the galas <laughs> right 
and we never had Channel 10 in Alice yeah. Springs. And anyone who's seen me coming out, oh my God, here comes the crazy lady thinks she's on the television. <laughs> 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 I wanted to scream at the whole town. Because you'd get in, uh, oh, like the flights always came in from the eastern seaboard um, about 11 o'clock. So then I'd get home and then next thing I'd be at the kiss and go, picking up the kids at 3 o'clock. Whereas the night before that, you know, you're on stage at the Opera House or somewhere or if you just come back from Montreal. And this bitchy, evil part of me would just be sitting in the car wanting to scream. <laughs> I was in Montreal <laughs> yesterday, you bastards. And it was just, I feel like I needed to be put in a holding cell for a while just to reacclimatize. And then I'd love that life. I'd love yeah. being in Alice and then it'd be time to get on a plane and go again. Mm. So it was just very, yeah, it was... Disorienting. I used to uh, I used to drive rescue boats off the sand in Bondi. It's going out through like big waves, like you know, three four meter waves at the weekend, and then go into work on Monday. You just have to sit in front of a computer for eight <laughs> hours a day. And I just I think it's a, it's a line from Fight Club. It's like you, you know, living your life with the volume turned down. Yeah, Everything yeah, 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 yeah. I just found it really, really hard. The only thing that was more stressful than that was teaching my wife how to drive. That was. The <laughs> I remember. Do you know Ian Coppinger? Uh, no. But you know of him? He's a stand-up from Ireland. No, I've been over here quite a long time. Oh, sorry. Do you know him, though? He comes over a lot for Ian festivals. Coppinger, no. I think he's more of a, um, uh, what do you call it, a uh, 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 improv. Oh, okay. You know, he comes from improv fame more than stand-up. But I remember talking to him in Montreal, and he was bitching and moaning about how he had to catch this plane from Montreal back to, you know, Dublin or wherever he lived. Mm. And I'm like, and what happens when you get there? And he goes, oh, my mum just looks after me and cooks me, you, <laughs> you know. You can't ever impress your mum. Yeah, and I just, because this was always the case for me. I had to fly from Montreal to New York, New York to LA, LA to Sydney, Sydney to Adelaide, pick up our car and drive five kids 18 hours back to Alice Springs. That trip took me nearly a week together <laughs> wow yeah that's a fair distance that that's was just insurmountable isn't that back the then that's when they were little they're older now yeah now, yeah. now they drive now you now they're or? on punt road they've got a two-bedroom house so they can't all come yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, oh that's worked out well so if you now you dave's interest being irish you had some questions about your your irish heritage you know i found it very interesting because uh i i grew up in dublin just when uh, a cable tv arrived so oh I just, yeah, I just watch TV. Yeah, so I was like, you know, American TV shows. My parents and and that side of the family, they're much more to storytelling stuff. Yeah, which I think I've I've heard mentioned that you kind of sort of grew up almost with that tradition. That yeah, you tell stories and, and you have to tell the story the right way. Oh, you totally and, have to. And when you... I kind of grew up, I started meeting people who didn't have TV as young as I did. They they kind of grew up in the countryside, and they were such great storytellers. And they just, I was like so jealous that they were so good. And uh, but none, of, I said you should you should go on stage with that. And none of them ever do. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And they just know that they would be excellent at it. But instead of them going, said, "Well, if you're not going to do it, I'm going to do it myself." So I started <laughs> going on stage just because I saw like how they were doing it. it was, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. Yeah. But um, and is that your style? Um, well, is storytelling. I I'm working towards a storytelling style because I don't know. I'm still in the five to ten minutes land, and it's kind of hard to to get a story to build yeah. up the. The, the whole kind of... I have this story I've been working on about this bike accident I had. 
and I've told so many different parts that people think of being like seven different accidents. It's <laughs> 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 it it just always from like being on left hand side of the road, being in the ambulance, dealing with the nurses, dealing with the doctors. And it was just, uh, it's all got these little bit chunks. But, yeah. Uh, it's sort of, well, personally, I hope to get to like a, you know, fringe festival or a one hour show and start getting better at that. But, yeah, uh, when you've got more time. When you've got the time. More stage time. Yeah, because I, I think the first time I saw you was at the, actually at the um, Cockatoo Festival. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you were you were booked out crazy. Everyone wanted to catch you there, but you had you were telling like like a great story. And I, I think halfway through, you you actually rattled off like a letter, I think your sister sent you. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, I just, and you kind of put on the character and kind of had to get it all right. <laughs> and, uh, my dear sister Catherine yeah that's when I got into terrible trouble over a um, telephone bill um, when I first moved to Alice Springs and Chris my long suffering husband was just like why can't you like because the phone bill came in and it was uh, he used to always bitch about me about he used to give me these lectures about pioneer women and he's like <laughs> what fucking hell what are you fucking talking about and he's just like he said, think about the pioneer women, Fiona. You know, they, they came up on camels. He's talking about women who, you know, helped start Alice Springs over 100 years ago or settled Alice Springs. And he goes, they came up on camels and the women wore long black dresses and corsets. <laughs> he goes, you wouldn't have lasted a day. I'm like, well, you get no argument from me, dickhead. Like, yeah. if I was one of those pioneer women I would have stuck a hose up the camel's ass and gassed myself and that was an absolute <laughs> truth that I said to him and then I thought why not put that on stage and then when we got this phone bill and it was like crazy expensive me talking to my sister and the, we were on $17,000 a year he was making false teeth for the government and I was doing jack shit but having babies and yeah this phone bill was 700 bucks for three months and he lost his mind and he took the phone with him to work. <laughs> <laughs> That's back when you can unplug phones. And he just, <laughs> he took it off to work with him. And he came back and he goes, why can't you just write letters like the pioneer women would have done? <laughs> so I wrote this letter to my sister in the pioneer mm, style. style. Yeah. Uh, well, you should probably thinking like, well, imagine what the parchment bill would have been for the pioneers, you know, to send, send the letters. It would have probably been about the equivalent of 700 back in the day. <laughs> I'd imagine just getting a letter from Alice Springs to Melbourne. Probably be, you know, you'd have to have a guy on a camel to hike it there. So, you know, it's just inflation. But getting back to that, um, that storytelling stuff, because when I started doing stand up, I hadn't seen, I'd never met a stand up. Mm. Um, and someone said to me in Alice Springs, you're doing stand up. And I was actually just emceeing some things up there. So I caught a bus because I asked for a, a grant. Um, there was an arts minister, the arts minister of the Northern Territory was in my audience and he said, you you should, you know, apply to my office for an arts grant and go check out stand-up because we don't have a stand-up in the Territory. So I didn't want to be greedy, so I asked for $600. Oh. <laughs> and I caught him a cap in his bus from Melbourne. I used to save up my child endowment, which was government money for your babies. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and every time I had enough to catch another bus to Melbourne, I'd go and do rooms like the Star and Garter. And, so open mic. Mm. But, geez, I wasn't there for a haircut. Like I had to make it mm. work pretty quickly. And I was telling jokes back then, and mm. they were terrible jokes. Like I was so rubbish. I used to tell jokes like, oh, something about domestic violence creeping into our home. And I'm like... 
I broke my husband's nose in three places, once in the bathroom, twice in the kitchen. <laughs> like, there was no story to it. And it was just humiliating. I was so shit at it. But when I threw my hat back in the ring in 2000, I was bloody long in the tooth by then. I was 36, but I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to do this. And I went right back to storytelling and what I grew up with, which was people sitting around the kitchen table telling mm-hmm. stories. And I could hear the rhythm of a story, mm-hmm. even though I wasn't telling stories then. You know, I was as young as eight. And everyone's good at something, you know, you got... Mm. But that's the only thing I remember I could hear. I'd like, oh, Aunty Pat's going to stuff this story up. She's <laughs> going to fuck it up. She should have said that bit there. I just knew where the bits should go. Yeah. So then I started telling real stories and... I haven't looked back from that. But that's mm. the interesting thing about stand-up too. Everyone thinks we're doing the same thing, but we're actually playing hundreds of different instruments. Mm. Yeah. You know, like, I love Arj Barker. I love that, mm. s- you know, he just gets you from left field every time you get sucked in. He's yeah. going down one road and then he takes you. Uh, but it's gagging. You know, he's yeah. a gagmeister. And I adore that, and I adore Sam Simmons, but they're such different oh, yeah, yeah. crafts, you know? Yeah, if it's, it was music, it'd almost be like... Yeah, yeah someone's playing the trumpet and, and someone's... And Yeah, I yeah, can't yeah. even think, like, yeah, I suppose Simmons would be almost jazz-like. <laughs> yeah, or, yeah, I wonder yeah. what he'd be. Yeah, because yeah, like, of all, like, with guests yeah, for the podcast, jazz. Sam's probably the one that we'd love to have, but I honestly don't know how I'd talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> I find him like such a brilliant comic, but he's a really intimidating dude. I toured with Sam years ago on the road show and I brought my youngest boy with me and he was only about 12 at the time, Bert, and he became a little mascot because we did all of country Queensland and it was Mark Watson, Sam, Simmons, um, Mickey D, Harley Breen, can't remember the other one. Anyway, that's when Sam was really early into his weirdness and he was doing this line on stage he goes sometimes I leave the milk out all night because I'm a motherfucker (laughs) and the same thing would happen on this tour we'd check into these you know shitty little hotels all through Queensland and Bert's job was because they give you the key these motels they give you the key and a little carton of milk and Bert's job was to put the milk in the fridge. And we wake up one morning and the milk's not been put in the fridge. And I said to Bert, geez, Bert, didn't you put the milk in the fridge last night? He goes, no. He's 12, right? He goes, no. Because I'm a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and Sam loved that. Oh, that <laughs> he was quoted. Yeah, he's been quoted. By a 12-year-old. Because <laughs> I'm a motherfucker. motherfucker. I think we've got the title of the, sh- of the show, Dave. iTunes will like that one. Oh, they'll love it. Did you find like you've run out of stories or, f- or that life just keeps keep giving it back more and more? I really feared that um, after the first two shows I did. Like I did one, my very first show was Fiona, a sister and some guy. So it was only half an hour stand up and then my sister and I did sketch. Then I did the second one woman show and after that I was just like, fuck, I'll never be able to do that again. Like the, That's all the stories. I've told all the stories. And then it took me years because I've written nine one-hour shows now. And it was like, oh, it's like music. It just keeps coming. It's mm. infinite. Like, so long as you pay attention, funny will keep happening. Like, it doesn't matter. I'm so glad these kids have grown up. And I don't have to be – because I actually started to really start turning on my audience a bit. Like, I didn't want 
middle-aged i don't really like my demographic like <laughs> i call them the capri panted camel toed freaks <laughs> <laughs> fucking miserable you know oh with that flat out life so busy oh go fuck yourself you know <laughs> anyway so the older i'm getting it's just like the more brazen you get too you can get, away with, you can get away with that and now this, i'm getting uh, a younger demographic we had this uh, trivia night out in north bandai and the trivia host hated the audience <laughs> he just actively hated them and the audience loved him for it <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh, he he would go away every now and again and to get like some replacement and it'd be a really nice person who's been tr- nice to the crowd and you know it's like if you're missing any pencils I have pencils and they're like who do they think they are treating us with respect you know <laughs> we deserve better than that <laughs> so I think you found your ideal gig you know trivia host to North Monday <laughs> just take out your that would be great <laughs> just taking out the abuse on it. well you sort of the evolution you now now the gay icon. You sort of moved into... Well, that all started as a joke. I was just like, okay, I'm going to have... Uh, it, it was about a show. The show was about me wanting to be a gay icon yeah. and being terrible at it. And I think what the gay audiences love is, you know, the truth. And they were just like... Oh, and I also had beautiful help from the wicked Reese Nicholson <laughs> and Joel Creasy. And they taught me... Like they draw shreds off me in the show. It's a video. Yeah, yeah, I've seen, I saw the show. Yeah. yeah. So it was time to really, because I was like at a crossroads. I was like, well, what's going to happen now? You know, I've got to acknowledge. Here's the thing: if I, I'm a hater, like I love to hate people. <laughs> 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 like I either love or I hate. Like, and I like I, uh, Dennis Miller goes on about. There's no point being a racist. If you hang out with anyone long enough, you'll find something about them to hate. <laughs> That's right. And I reckon if I wasn't me, I would hate me. Like, <laughs> I really reckon I'd be one of those. I get the people that hate me. Like, mm. I'd be like, oh, for fuck's sake, you've got a lot of kids. You live in Alice Springs. <laughs> oh, you drank too much. Oh, shut up. Like, that would be me talking to me if I was a punter. <laughs> like, I'd see me come on a morning mm. show and go, oh, I can't stand her. Shut her up. And I knew I needed to deal with it. Like, so that's what we did in this show. We yeah. flipped it entirely on its head and they did exactly that to me. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, you're so revolting. Like, we need to revamp you. You know, they were so disgusted by me. These two young, gorgeous guys. It's just like an old person like me just repulsed them. And so we had so much fun with that. And so it was a show to say, look, I get it that I've been annoying and and then what sprung from it was an actual hilarious new demographic of gays. Like last mm-hmm. night I did the comedy store and it was 60%. Like, wow. But there were a few lesbians in there. Oh, are they going to be the new target of your <laughs> anger now? <laughs> just. I'm just so mean to the lesbians. I don't mean to be. It's just such an easy... Like, I don't know why gays and lesbians have to be thrown in together. Like, that would really annoy me if I was a young gay man. Yeah, it is a bit, yeah. It's, they're it's very like, different. Because they're kind of quite opposite, if you think mm. about it, technically. And, like, for the Mardi Gras, it's just like, you're going to the best party of your life, and it's like your mum yells out the window, and you've got to take your sister, Ruth. <laughs> 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 you should open with that tonight. Nice. <laughs> uh, See, 60% of the audience walk out there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you, are you got plans? Are you going to go to the after party of the Mardi Gras? 
No. 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 No, I don't talk. I don't walk the walk. I just talk the talk. You just talk it. Yeah, I'm not really interested in gay rights. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not interested in anybody's rights. I just want their money. Just, oh, that's a fair amount. Well, the thing is, gay rights, if the gays start getting married, it's going to cost a fortune in wedding presents. More weddings. <laughs> if Joel and Reese marry their respective partners, you'll have to go. Imagine if Joel and Reese married each other. Holy hell. Yeah. No, that'll never happen. Yeah, Not no. on my watch. <laughs> Not on your watch. <laughs> That'd be incest, actually. They're both my sons. <laughs> well, you never know. You could have a Tasmanian tour. <laughs> <laughs> my two sons are married. <laughs> It'd be huge down there. The whole Melbourne move, and uh, the, it's almost like starting a new life. I think you said nearly all your kids have grown up and moved out. and Yeah. And all that. Is, is that kind of... Because uh, um, I had to move, move to like different countries and it's very hard to kind of start again from scratch and everything or had you such a kind of a, a base in Melbourne that it wasn't so kind of jarring no I've had a last year was the scariest year of my life like I separated and and I've been like you know I'm not really bright like one I, all I can do is this and there's this one side of my brain that doesn't work which is the grown up world like paying tax <laughs> 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 and the tax man, like I just hadn't paid attention because my husband always did the bookwork and I, you know, and then all of a sudden he stopped doing it and it was like time for me to grow up. But having said that, I was really pissed off with him because it's like, well, you make a pavlova, you know, like it's, it's it, it was that hard for me. Mm. And I had this massive tax debt and on literally, like I hocked my bloody engagement ring down Chapel Street. Like things got seriously close to the bone and... I've just had to, but it's been kind of weird and fun because I never had to rely on stand up because I always had Fallback. a marriage and, mm. a, and a man who earned the majority of the income, and I just did it for. And all of a sudden, it was like, holy crap! This me- this is this means business, you know. So I was so glad that I moved because I can go do club work, and I think I was really misled by. Um, Oh, you know, promoters I've had in the past who said, oh, no, you can't just go and do clubs. Like, that's a bad look for when you do theatres. Really? And that's just bullshit. Like, Wynn Anderson's always dropping yeah. in and out of clubs. Dave Hughes does it. Yeah. And it keeps you so match fit. And well, I've, I've needed it for literally for the, yeah. for the money, you know. Mm. And I think my stand-up's gotten so much better mm. just because um, I need it. Yeah, I think that argument, the whole argument, I can see some side to it. Like, you don't want, like, yourself or Will at a club every week. Like, like you know, if, like, the friend hands a great room. If you and Will were there every week, it'd diminish it. But if you drop in, I guarantee you do 10 minutes at the friend in hand, people are going to go, that was great, I want to go see yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. And they're going to invest the time in that. Will's extraordinary, the mm. way he, you know, supports... Mm. Or the industry all round. I mean, he's kind of a hero in that sense. Yes, yeah, I don't even know Will that well, but I just love the way he supports younger comics mm. and the way that he will. I've never heard a bad word about that boy. Yeah, no, he's. We had him on the podcast. Was he around episode ten, or was really early on? Yeah, he'll do that. Yeah, yeah like this is one of the most. You know, he's about to fly over. He's one of the busiest guys. Like, yeah, I'll calm down. And we expected to be flying. He was here for two and a half hours. We recorded two. He promoted. Like, he's crashed our website three times when he <laughs> when he promotes the podcast because everyone downloads it. Wow. And yeah, but just like like rooms like the friend in hand, which is my opinion probably the best room in Australia. He built that room because, you know, yeah. he'd go down there, people would go to see him and they'd realise, hang on, 
Will's great, but so are these other guys, and he's built that following. Yeah. Because, yeah, and I think, yeah, it's great. Like, we had you at our room do a secret spot once for 20 minutes. Yeah, I loved it. And that was one of the most funnest. Yeah, that was a great – everyone loved it. And the month later, we had Kitty Flanagan drop in, and it was just insane. It was great. She's another great one. But that's what – I mean, doesn't even bloody Robin Williams love dropping in mm. on – Well, the rumour is he drops in, in to shop for material, but <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> – he needs to pick up yeah, some new titbits. Yeah, he's just he's looking for a new opener. <laughs> Wasn't that covered on the Mark Maron podcast? Possibly, possibly. <laughs> Fiona wouldn't know that, Dave, though, would she? <laughs> no, but the whole yeah, the whole well, it must be yeah, it'd be a lot lot easier to fly if you're in Melbourne to go to a club than have to fly in from. Yeah, well, I was never able to do clubs because there was never you know no one's going to pay you an airfare to go do a club, but mm. it's the you know front line of stand up. Mm. And I think it's really important for old fucks, you know, like myself, to be really paying attention mm. to you still learn from what from new comics. Mm. And I don't mean that in a way that, you know, I want to be down and groovy and in with the kids. Like I am what I am and that's, mm. you know, 50. But there are some, you know, it's, an, it's a weird thing, but... There's something no, I I particularly love Letterman. I just think he makes old okay. <laughs> like, old, there is a place for old, you know. But I've I know too many, and I won't name them. But too many comics, even younger than me, who just it's like a generation divide yet again. It's as old as the hills, you know. Mm. Every generation does it. They turn on the ones coming up. Yeah. And in comedy, there's no room for that. Like, you've got to pay attention, mm. and it it serves you no purpose to be a like I've heard these older comics, and as I say, some of them younger than me, so like, oh, just this new style of comedy, you know, tell a fucking joke, man, you know, just and it's just like, oh, go and die, like, yeah, I th- just get off the stage then. If that, I, I can hear the voice of a similar, yeah, I can hear that voice. Yeah, and it's not like you need to then adapt or readapt your own material. Mm. It's just that you need to be aware mm. of what everyone in that room is looking at yeah well, it's the whole thing with like the modern tech like twitter and facebook and all that like that's i'm at 33 now and i'm almost feeling like i'm too old for some of the new cr- stuff coming through like twitter and facebook's where it's at social but there's new ones or day if you <laughs> i don't know what's next no there's know. the vine like yeah v- lester just pointed out there's some new thing called the vine i don't even know what it is <laughs> like someone said to me the other day oh you, the vine you gotta be and i'm like Hang on, the Vines, I've heard them. They're good music. I don't know who they are, but... <laughs> Douglas Adams, who wrote well, it's, it's, it's Yeah. What's the word when it just keeps getting faster and faster? Um, Acceleration. No, it's better than that. <laughs> 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 I never know this word. It's where it's just... Like, technology is just going to... Oh, exponentially. Yeah. 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 Increasing. And like I said to something the other day, and it was so embarrassing. I said to one of the kids, "You should Google that on your Instagram." <laughs> like, what did you just say? And but you just got to own it, laugh mm. at it, but yeah. not be angry at it. Now, Douglas yeah. Adams said that uh, anything invented after the age of thirty-five, you won't understand. It yeah. doesn't matter. And Twitter came along afterwards, like when I was about thirty-six, and I was like, I technically understand what it's doing, but I don't get it. Yeah. And I just, I don't think I ever will. And I just have to kind of, <laughs> as like my dad, my dad's an engineer as well, but uh, he could never program the video player back uh, 15, yeah, 20 yeah, years right. ago. I said, but dad, it's just, it's so obvious. It's just this, this, you know, because I was a kid. Yeah. So I think it's the next time 
when when I have kids and they're you know they're kind of pulling down Google glasses and showing me kind of you know God knows what I was ah oh, back in my day you know yeah 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 we used to tweet we used to like hashtag up to- I don't think Twitter's full. I still don't think Twitter knows where it's going yet. I don't think it's fully been developed. No, well, it's like the whole like the whole, that medium. Like I know, like on we're all on Twitter in this room, and I know, like like take Will for instance. He tweets jokes. Yeah. You, tw- you tweet jokes. I tweet jokes. Dave, you tweet. Obs- you're more observations. Yeah. More I like Lester's tweets. I yeah, mean, Lester, he's the one intern. of my favourites. I never very miss good. a Lester. Lester <laughs> Diamond. He goes on the. He's he's, he's the edgy. Let's perfect. Mouth full of lollies here, but um, <laughs> <laughs> it's at Lester Diamond twenty eight. Oh, for the best tweets in town. Fiona Lachlan's a fan. Fiona and Lachlan endorsed. It's shameful plug. <laughs> it's, that's perfect though. But I, but, but it's a medium. Like Will was saying, like like because obviously you want to use it to plug where you're performing live. He was a tweet party, yeah, really. Mm. Will wasn't he? Well, he's still yeah. Logies two thousand. You know who got out of that scot free? Who? Josh Thomas. Oh, really? Because I was following. I was on. I was. That was about the time I got into Twitter. Will cop the hammering. If anyone had gone to Josh's feed, he was a hell of a lot more offensive. Wow, than Will. wow. But wow. yeah, Josh sort of ducked that because I think it was about the time. It might have been the start of your gen. Yeah. Or that. But yeah, Josh got out of that and. Because, yeah, his tweets were a lot worse than what Will was tweeting. Well, I, I still can't believe how many do- uh, bullets I've dodged by having gotten out of... Like, when I was on the Pierce, it was just before all of this. You know, like, <laughs> if I'd left it a decade later, I would be well and truly screwed. That's like, you know, like... That's like digital cameras in general. You know, there's, just, there's things in uni that... I'm glad there wasn't a camera for it. Yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. now... But I missed kids. it by the skin of my teeth. It literally came into power, like, days after I went to rehab. Like. So you know that, like... <laughs> so you would have been following Bindi on Twitter as well. <laughs> I streaked naked across the back of Mark Watson's show, his 24-hour show, just because I was pissed and thought it would be funny. <laughs> right. And... The, the, by a matter of weeks, that could have been YouTubed. I mean, with Twitter, but like once it's on the like internet, it's there forever. Like you can call the boss like a you know, dickhead at the Christmas party drunk, and it's for <laughs> the next day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 2050, they're gonna be like, oh god. Fiona <laughs> <laughs> Lachlan hates gays. You know? <laughs> something like that. So. But have you had have you had the, like the tweets? Like I've sent out, I sent out a tweet. I was pissed off about something the yeah. other week. It was another, and I made a, a tweet about it. It was about another comic, and only about five people would have known it. But one of them, Daniel Towns, actually rang me and said, "Do you want to delete that? that it's going to offend." And I'm like, "Okay," and I did. Really? But yeah, like I was lucky that I had someone to sort of censor me. Like it wasn't in the grand scheme of things, it was. I was pretty much implying that some comic was a joke thief. But right. Know, but yeah, the whole sort of the Twitter police got me there. So I remember when mobile phones, when we were texting once, I had lunch with an ex friend now. And he was a depressing dude. An ex-friend. Yeah, well, the, I texted him, like, just had lunch. With, I'll name him because no one it. Glenn. <laughs> wow, that was an hour of my life gone, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I didn't send it to my other mate. I sent it to Glenn. Oh, Jesus. Well, yeah, I haven't, yeah, haven't yeah, talked yeah, to him yeah, for a yeah. while. Ouchie mama, yeah. But, yeah. I, I did that. Oh, it was not that, but... And I talk about it on stage now because um, Adam Rosenbart said, you've got to tell that on stage, you know. And it was in rehab and... This woman in rehab with me, she said to me, oh, we must swap numbers. And I'm massively two-faced. Like, <laughs> like seriously, the most 
I just think it's so much easier to be nice to someone's face and then bitch about them quietly when they're gone. You're just nice to Lester's face, right? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, she goes, we must swap numbers. And I'd been smoking her cigarettes because my doctor didn't let me have cigarettes in rehab. And so I'd been using her for a month, you know. And (laughs) I was leaving the next day and I'm having my last cigarette of hers. (laughs) And she said, we must swap numbers. And I said, yes, we must, instead of saying, look, we're not going to be friends mm-hmm. outside of this facility. And <laughs> Anyway, so I went through the palaver of putting her number into mine and my son had brought me this brand new Nokia. This is five years ago. And it was a coming out of rehab. <laughs> Probably a tradition. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of families have when the mummy comes out of rehab. The oldest boy will buy her a brand new Nokia. I don't know. Anyway, it's a dying tradition. <laughs> it's a dying tradition. Very sad. So we're swapping numbers. And I didn't realise that my son had set my phone up. And I put her name and number in my phone under a name that quite amused myself, right? But I didn't know that he'd set up <laughs> my phone to speak the name of the person who was <laughs> ringing me. <laughs> so she's sitting right next to me. Like we're on the same bench. And I said, now you ring me. And my phone in a Stephen Hawking's voice like goes, Jenna fucking nutbag. Jenna fucking nutbag. And I just kept saying it. Jenna fucking nutbag. And she's looking at me like, why? And I'm looking at her like, I don't know. Um, anyway, she was in for depression. That set uh, her back a bit. Yeah, that would just for smoke after that. <laughs> It's a dangerous world. Oh, it is, it is. The it's technological era. You don't worry about, you know, getting a friend request on Facebook from Jenna fucking nutbag. <laughs> I've, I've actually got her, I can prove it, I've got her in my phone. As She knows, because then, this is the thing, getting back to you with the storytelling, mm-hmm. I did do it in my show and I can't even change a name. Because it fucks up the rhythm of a story to me. Well, I, Mark, Mark calls me this all the time. I'm, I'm a slave to the truth. And it's like, just change it. It's like, but it didn't happen that way. And it's like, but. Oh my god, I'm the yeah. same. And he just, I just, it just, it, it just throws the run off of myself. I just feel yeah. like it didn't happen that way because it was the time and the, the space of it. Well, I tried to come up with another name than Jenna. You know, I'm just like, come on, Jenny. Is, I'm just like, can't do it. It has to be Jenna fucking nutbag, or I can't sell it. So I'm doing the show. She's in the audience. What are you going to do? You know, she's crazy. She loved yeah. it. Yeah. Well, she she'll probably go back to um, you know rehab. <laughs> With a smoke, who knows? She might make a friend with another comic, Fleety. He must be due for it. <laughs> then Fleety gets a whole bit about it. We must buy Fleety, and we'll chip in and buy Fleety a Nokia when he comes out. Set that feature up. Set that feature up. Yeah, it's just history repeating. Well, guys, well, Fiona, thank you so much for coming down. Now you're on Twitter at. I think it's just at Fiona. <laughs> Lester, Lester Diamond's tweeting as we speak. I went on a rant about Vodafone the other day. I'm sorry about that. No, don't don't be don't be sorry about ranting about Vodafone. What does it say? At Fiona O'Loughlin, yeah. At Fiona O'Loughlin. That's O L O U G H L I N. Are you still with Vodafone or? Yeah, I just oh. bitch about them. Oh yeah, well my, my sister works for them, and the coverage is appalling. But well, I couldn't get coverage in Sydney. Yeah, and I Sydney just CBD. That's it's a little bit sad. <laughs> Sydney CBD. They rang me the other week. They're going, "Oh, would you like a new phone?" I'm like. I'm in Sydney CBD. I can't get coverage. Whereabouts in Sydney? I go, the whole thing. It's the CBD. You know when you're, so, you're throwing a tantrum on Twitter? It's That's mm. where Twitter's not great. Like, yeah. I was literally throwing a tantrum and it wasn't making any sense and I didn't need to bore however many followers I've got with. I went, hey, Vodafone, 
why don't you open a pie shop and, <laughs> and don't sell pies? <laughs> <laughs> and it was just a tantrum. Did you get a reply from <laughs> I got a few retweets. <laughs> I got I, I had a tantrum the other That's day about really Australia argument, though, from Australia Post, and I got a reply from their corporate team going, "You haven't had a good experience. Tell me about it." Because I said something like, "Do you train all your employees to be bossy and incompetent, or do they come <laughs> that way?" And yeah, I got the reply. I'm like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's so good to talk to you. This is a podcast. I love oh, it. That's what it's about. Ho- hopefully, next time Mark Marin calls, <laughs> you'll you'll take. <laughs> He'll take that. Here's, here's another. Maybe, should we print out a list of the top 10? Yeah. Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. He's the number one. If he right. ever calls, go okay. on that one. Jim and Eddie's quite popular. Oh, it's no, just Eddie now. I was now. just a bit tired. You were just a bit tired. It was Montreal. Buy him a packet of cookies. He'll be happy. He's lovely, though. I have met him and oh, I really? like him oh. a lot. Yeah. He's fun. Like his podcast. I love his interview, but at the. F- it's almost like, have you ever listened to the, his podcast? No, no. At the start, he sort of does a bit about where he's at and he has a problem with food, like eating. Yeah, he, you can tell that on his Twitter feed. Yeah, he lambasts himself. Oh, is that the word? Yes. Yes. Closing up. Yeah, about eating a packet of cookies. And it's like, you know, guilt's me out because I'm normally eating a packet of Tim Tams while I listen <laughs> to him or, or a packet of chips. But yeah. So All yeah, right. ba- ba- bake him some cookies. Look, you, I, you know what? I'm glad I saved my first podcast for this. Oh, that's, that's lovely. I could have had a terrible time on Mark. Marin's well, you could because he, he likes to probe deep. Like he likes to get the inside story. He wants to know all about your mother, your father. Yeah, oh, I'd yeah, be, yeah, I'd yeah. Like that. Yeah, he, he goes deep. So Lester's going to tweet that away. Well, thank you so much, Fiona. You're going to do you're doing Melbourne Comedy Festival? No, 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 no. I'm just doing New Zealand this year. Just New Zealand. Yeah. So to I don't know if we go. To, we're big in Germany. So if you're going to Germany, right? But yeah, if any Germans want to fly to New Zealand, do the New Zealand Comedy <laughs> Festival. Uh, Fiona's book and DVD are also in the stores. Uh, Lester Diamonds on Twitter too. Lester will be tweeting us all. So follow Lester, and he'll get the give you the whole rundown on where we're all at. So thank you guys for tuning in. If you listen to this on iTunes, give us five stars. It costs you nothing, and it'll help us out a lot. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Comedy on Edge. I'm on Twitter at M underscore W underscore OH. Dave, you're on Twitter at Dave Keeshan, uh, K-E-E-S-H-A-N. Matt. Not Steve. <laughs> Not Steve. So tweet Steve at Dave Keeshan. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. See you next week.